0: Story One of The Crimson Gardenia and Other Tales of Adventure. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Wales. The Crimson Gardenia and Other Tales of Adventure by Rex Beach. Story One The Crimson Gardenia. Part One The Royal Yacht had anchored amid a thunder of cannon, and the King had gone ashore the city was bright with bunting a thousand whistles blew up through the festooned streets his majesty was escorted between long rows of blue-coated officers behind which the eager crowds were massed for mile upon mile thin wire cables were stretched along the curbs to hold the people back but these threatened to snap before the weight of the multitude in the neighbourhood of the raised pavilion where the queen and her maids of honour waited the press was thickest here rows of stands had been erected that groaned beneath their freight while rooftops and windows trees and telegraph poles were black with clustered humanity the king was tall and dark a long beard hid his face but the queen was young and blushing and her waiting women were fairer than springtime flowers to a crashing martial air she handed him a sparkling goblet in which he pledged her happiness while the street rocked to the roar of many voices and in the open spaces youths grotesquely costumed danced with goblin glee mr roland van dam secretly thought it all quite fine and inspiriting but he was too highly schooled to allow himself much emotion he had been hard put to obtain seats and had succeeded only through the efforts of a friend the duke of cotton therefore he felt the members of his party might have shown at least a perfunctory appreciation but they were not the appreciative kind and their attitude was made plain by eleanor bannerman's languid words how dull it's nothing like the carnival at nice and the people seem very common her father was dozing uncomfortably with his two lower chins telescoped into his billowing chest mrs bannerman complained of the heat and the glare and predicted a headache for herself Nearby, the rest of the party were striving to conceal their lack of interest by guying the crowd below van Dam had been the one to suggest this trip to new orleans for the mardi gras and he felt the weight of entertainment bearing heavily upon him in consequence he assumed a sprightly interest that was uh, very far from genuine this sort of thing awakens something mediaeval inside of one don't you know he said miss bannerman regarded him with a bland lack of comprehension and her mother moaned weakly the burden of her complaint being as usual why did we leave palm beach all those dukes and things make me feel as if it were real van dam explained further they say this rex fellow is a true king during mardi gras week and those chaps in masks are quite like court jesters maybe they sing of wars and love and romance and all that rot i dare say life was just as uninteresting in olden times as it is now eleanor remarked love and romance exist mainly in books i fancy if they ever did exist we've outgrown them eh broly being a very rich and a very experienced young woman miss bannerman prided herself upon her lack of illusion to be sure she occasionally permitted roland to kiss her in celebration of their engagement but such caresses left her unperturbed her pulses had never been stirred she looked upon marriage as a somewhat trying although necessary institution van dam being equally modern and equally satiated by life's blessings shared her beliefs in a vague way manifestly no lover could allow such an assertion as this to go unchallenged so he rose to the defence of romance only to hear her say oh nonsense do be sensible raleigh such things aren't done nowadays what things aren't done oh those crude primitive performances we read about in novels nice people don't fall in love overnight for instance they don't allow themselves to hate and be jealous and to rage about like wild animals any more the idea your father is a perfect savage at heart said mrs bannerman she nodded at her sleeping husband who was roused at that moment by a fly that strayed into his right nostril Mr. Bannerman sneezed, half opened his eyes, and murmured a feeble anathema before dozing off again. It was plain that he was not greatly enjoying the Mardi Gras. "'All men are primitive,' said Raleigh, quoting some forgotten author, at which Eleanor eyed him languidly. "'Could you love at first sight and run off with a girl?' "'Certainly not. I'd naturally have to know something about her people.' "'Were you ever jealous?' you've never given me an occasion he told her gallantly did you ever hate anybody Mm, no ever been afraid not exactly revengeful certainly not she smiled it's just as i said respectable people don't allow themselves to be harrowed by crude emotions i hate my modiste when she fails to fit me i was jealous of that Baroness at the Poinciana, the one with all those gorgeous gowns i am afraid of flying machines but that is as deep as such things go nowadays in our set van damme was no hand at argument and he had a great respect for miss Banniman's observation however he had been discussing something of which he possessed no first-hand knowledge therefore he said nothing further no one had a greater appreciation of or took a keener pleasure in life's unruffled placidity than the young society man no one had a denser ignorance of its depths its hidden currents and its uncharted channels than he for adventure had never come his way romance had never beckoned him from rose-embowered balconies and yet as the world goes he was a normal individual save for the size of his income he had not lost interest in life he was merely interested in things which did not matter that after all is quite different there were times nevertheless when he longed vaguely for something thrilling to happen when he regretted the oslerization of romance and the commercializing of love of course adventure still existed one could hunt big game in certain hidden quarters if one chose van dam detested stuffed heads and it took so much time to get them those unformed desires came to him only now and then and he felt ashamed of them in an idle way now that the parade had passed the visitors lost no time in leaving and a dignified stampede toward the hotel occurred for the gentlemen were thirsty and the ladies wished to smoke it was due to their haste perhaps that van dam became separated from them and found himself drifting along canal street alone in a densely packed crowd of merrymakers. a masked woman in a daring spanish dress chucked him under the chin her companion showered him with confetti a laughing Pierrot whacked him with a noisy bladder boys and girls in ragged disguises importuned him for pennies a very very shapely female person in what appeared to be the beginnings of a bathing suit laughed over her shoulder inviting him with eyes that danced my word murmured the new yorker this is worth while ahead of him he caught a glimpse of miss bannemann's aigrettes and the ponderous figure of her father but the gaiety of the carnival crowd had infected him and he was loath to leave it for the grunewald whither his friends were bound with the unerring directness of thirsty millionaires it was a brilliant gorgeous afternoon the streets were alive with color somewhere through this crowd the young man idly reflected adventure even romance might be stalking if such things really existed so he decided to linger to be quite truthful van damme's decision was made not with any faintest idea of encountering either romance or adventure but because a slight indigestion made the thought of a gin fizz or a julep unbearable at the moment as he continued to move with the throng the butt of badinage and the target for impudent glances he felt a desire to be of it and in it he yielded himself to a most indiscreet impulse assuring himself that he was unobserved he stepped into a store purchased a plain black domino and mask donned them and then fell in with the procession once more dimly amused at his folly vaguely surprised at his impropriety but now that he was one of the revellers he was no longer an object of their attentions they paid no heed to him and he soon became bored he engaged himself in conversation with an old flower-woman and as she had only a solitary gardenia left in her tray he bought it in order that she might go home he pinned the blossom on the left breast of his domino, and wandered to the nearest corner to watch the crowds flow past. He had been there but a moment, when a girl approached and stood beside him. She was petite, and yet her body, beneath its fetching Norman costume, showed the rounded lines of maturity. At the edge of her mask her skin gleamed smooth and creamy, her eyes were very dark and very bright as mr van damme was a very circumspect young man not given to the slightest familiarity with strangers he confined his attention to an inoffensive inventory of her charms and was doubly startled to hear her murmur you came in spite of all monsieur a french girl he thought no doubt one of those creoles he had heard so much about aloud he said with a bow yes mademoiselle i have been looking for someone like you her eyes flashed to the white gardenia on his breast then up to his own you were expecting someone," i was a girl to guide me through the carnival but you are early did you not perceive the warning warning he answered confused i received no warning i feared as much she said so i came but it was unwise of you it was madness to risk the streets her eyes left his face to scan the crowds he fancied she shrank from them as if fearing observation van damme was puzzled her voice and manner undoubtedly betrayed a genuine emotion or else she was a consummate actress if this were some mardi gras prank he felt a desire to see the next move if it proved to be anything more he fancied that he was too sophisticated to be caught and fleeced like a countryman but something told him that this was no ordinary street flirtation the words warning risk seemed to promise entertainment if as he suspected she had mistaken him for someone else a brief masquerade could lead to no harm he decided to see how far he could carry the deception oh, what warning could serve to prevent my seeing you he asked in a hollow voice then was surprised at the flush that stole upward to the girl's dainty ear you are indeed insane to jest at such a time she breathed i would never have known you without the flower but come we are in danger here Someone is waiting will you follow me to the ends of the earth he replied gallantly again she gave him a startled glance half of pleasure half of deprecation then as he made a movement to accompany her she checked him "Oh no no you must let me go ahead they are everywhere they may suspect even my disguise i-i am dreadfully afraid van Dam scarcely knew how to answer this so like a wise man he held his tongue listen she continued i will walk slowly and do you remain far enough behind for your own safety my safety is as nothing to yours he told her but she shook her head impatiently please please they will never select you out of a thousand dominoes and i am not sure they suspect me but should they try to lift my mask you must escape at once would they dare mr van dam inquired shocked at such a breach of carnival etiquette they would dare anything but i couldn't allow it really he persisted if any hand is to lift your mask i insist that mine be the favoured one she darted a doubtful look at him being plainly perturbed at his tone then shook her head she told me you were reckless but you are quite insane For a second time he discovered that delicious colour tinging her neck, and laughed, which disconcerted her even more. She hesitated, then turned away, and he fell in beside her. But distance proved only to enhance the girl's charms. Raleigh saw how beautifully proportioned she was, how regally she carried herself, how light and springy was her step although he had not seen her face he somehow felt agreeably certain that she possessed a witching beauty the circumspection with which she avoided the densest crowds made him wonder anew at the character of the danger that could overhang a masked maiden at mid-afternoon on a carnival day for by this time he had forgotten his first suspicion he thought not at all that the peril could be serious or in any way involve him for the magic of the van Dam name protected its owner like invisible mail the effect of that patronymic was really quite wonderful policemen bowed to it irate strangers allowed their anger to ooze away before it it smoothed the owner's way through difficulties and brought him favors when least expected rage changed to servility indignation opposition even jealousy altered colour in the shadow of the van dam millions nothing really unpleasant ever happened to raleigh and so it was that he had become blasé and tired at twenty-six he followed his masked guide across canal street and into the foreign quarter of the city where the surroundings were unfamiliar to him he gazed with mild repugnance at the squalid old houses mouldering behind their rusted iron balconies dim flag-paved hallways allowed him a glimpse of flowered courtyards at the rear cool passages went twisting in between the buildings over hard-baked glaring walls there drooped branches laden with bloom and fruit the streets were narrow the houses leaned intimately toward one another as if exchanging gossip little cafes with sanded floors opened upon the sidewalks here the carnival crowd was more foreign in character people were dancing to orchestras of guitar and mandolin youths turned somersaults for pennies ragged negroes jigged and shuffled with outstretched hats through this confusion the norman girl took her way now seeking some deep doorway to allow a particularly boisterous group to pass now flitting through the open spaces with the swift irregularity of a butterfly winging its course through sunlit stretches but her caution her bird-like backward glances told van Dam that she was in constant dread of discovery and involuntarily he lessened the distance between them It was well, perhaps, that he did so, for just then a man in a domino like his own accosted the girl. Raleigh saw his guide shrink away, saw her turn and signal him with a swift, imperious gesture of warning. Instead of heeding it, he moved forward in time to intercept the stranger. The fellow was laughing loudly. He assumed a tipsy air and lurched against the girl then with a quickness that belied his pose he snatched at her mask and bared her features she cried out in terror and with the sound of her voice mr van dam flew to action he knew that until six o'clock disguises were inviolate and that it was against the strictest of police regulations to unmask a reveller therefore he yielded to a righteous impulse and struck the man in the domino squarely upon the jaw beneath raleigh's rounded proportions was a deceptive machinery of bone and muscle that had been schooled by the most expensive instructors of boxing he had known how to hit cleanly since he was twelve years old and although he had never struck a man in anger until this moment his fist went true the fellow rocked stiffly back upon his heels and fell like a wooden figure his head thumping dully on the pavement and raleigh gave vent to a most ungentlemanly snort of surprise and satisfaction it had been easier than he had expected and feeling that the man should have every opportunity for fair play raleigh began promptly to count one two three then he felt the girl's hand upon his arm and turned in time to catch a fleeting glimpse of a dimpled chin as she drew her mask down rotten trick that heaven above she gasped you must flee quickly people were crossing the street toward them drawn by the sight of the fallen man run away and leave you queried raleigh hardly then the breath caught in the girl's throat Come. She clutched his hand, and they fled, side by side, pursued by half a score of shouting merrymakers. Around the first corner they scurried, into a crowd, then out of it and into the next thoroughfare, doubling and turning until the girl's breath was gone. "'Why d- did you do it? Uh, uh, why?' she gasped, still hurrying him along. "'Drunken loafer,' Van Damme said, vindictively. He was not drunk.' "'Don't you understand? Didn't you guess? It was the black wolf!' Raleigh did not understand, and he had no opportunity, to guess who or what the black wolf might be, for his companion paused, crying, "'God help us! They're coming!' From the street behind arose a babel of angry voices. "'He saw me! He knows!' she cast a despairing glance about and spying a narrow alley close at hand darted toward it dragging van damme with her retreat carries with it a peculiar panic and the young man felt the stirring of an utterly new sensation within him he was running away what was more he wanted to keep running even though he had not the faintest idea of what menaced him it was quite remarkable he seemed to feel for some unknown reason that this sprightly young person beside him was indeed risking her safety for him therefore he began to share her apprehension but as to what it meant or whither the adventure was leading he had not a suspicion he did wonder however where the black wolf got his name the alley was damp and slippery being no more than a tunnel-like passage between two buildings and it led into a large courtyard full of carts and wagons a low shed ran along one side of the enclosure at the rear was a two-story structure used as a stable there i guess we've given them a slip van Dam sighed with relief but his companion shook her head oh no no we must hide the black wolf has the cunning of satan and now that he knows she sped through the confusion of vehicles to the stable door with raleigh following an instant more and they were in an odorful dim-lit place divided into stalls out of which the heads of several horses were thrust in friendly greeting the girl closed the door and leaned panting against it, one hand to her heaving bosom. Her head was bowed, and her ears were strained for sounds of pursuit. In the silence, Van Dam heard his own heavy breathing, the swish of the horse's tails, an impatient stirring of hoofs, and a gentle whinny. He discovered that his pulse was hammering in a very unusual manner, and that he was agreeably excited. The girl uttered an exclamation. i feared so hurry she slipped past him to a rickety stairway that led upward ah this mask is smothering me she disengaged it hastily and he saw it dangling in her hand as he mounted the steep stairs behind her he saw also a pair of dainty silken ankles swelling into delicious curves that were hidden in the foamy whiteness of lingerie being an extremely respectful gentleman mr van dam lowered his eyes anticipating with curious eagerness the pleasure of beholding her countenance once they had gained the loft the desire to see behind her mask became really acute he had missed one opportunity by so narrow a margin as to quicken his desires they came out upon a rough landing, and Van Dam caught the whisk of her skirts disappearing through a door that led into the haymow as he followed the door closed, and he found himself in utter darkness. He heard her fumbling with the lock, their hands came together as he turned a rusty key, and he felt her figure close against his. her fragrant breath fanned his cheek. Make no sound as you value our lives as she whispered this van dam swore mildly at the luck that prevented him from appraising his companion's good looks now that her mask was off from the courtyard below sounded voices the girl clutched him nervously her hand was shaking he could feel her shiver so he slipped an arm about her waist he did this merely to steady her he told himself he reasoned further that such a familiarity could scarcely be offensive in the dark as she yielded gratefully to his embrace her soft body palpitating against his own he ceased reasoning and drew her closer it was very agreeable to discover that she made no resistance he could not recollect any sensation quite like this as yet he had done nothing improper in view of the fact that it was every gentleman's bounden duty to succour beauty in distress he wondered if his friends at the grunewald had missed him then realized with relief that miss bannerman never allowed his presence or his absence to interfere in the slightest with her arrangements they were probably finishing their drinks by now this would make an entertaining story later in the evening they would never guess what he was doing who is that speaking he inquired francois the spider whispered the girl oh god how they all have come to hate you raleigh reasoned from these words that his enemies numbered more than one or two and involuntarily he asked hate me what for the girl trembled as if you did not know and what would happen if they found me uh, us he persisted feeling vaguely for some hint ah her breath caught hush she laid her fingers over the lips of his mask Van yielded to an ungovernable impulse and kissed them through the stiff harsh cloth whereat she said in wonderment heaven guard us you are actually laughing that you are wild i knew but you are you act very strangely monsieur perhaps i'm intoxicated he murmured and pressed her slender waist meaningly whereupon she seemed to feel his arm for the first time she drew away but as she disengaged his embrace her hand encountered his it is wet bloody where you struck the black wolf that was a good wallop wasn't it van dam chuckled with satisfaction while she felt for her handkerchief and dabbled at his bruised knuckles i wondered if i could put him out then they ceased whispering for someone was entering the stable beneath them after a time the stairs creaked to a heavy tread a hand tried the door and they could feel a presence within arm's length they stood motionless not daring even to shift their weight upon the crazy floor until the fellow began to explore the other portion of the loft that is the spider himself breathed the girl close to van dam's ear he thinks he has me in his web but yes i would die before i married him a sudden dislike for spiders in general awoke in raleigh's breast i hate him i would kill him if i dared but he frightens me she broke off and caught at her companion gasping "Oh god what are you doing he had turned the key softly and was opening the door to be quite truthful raleigh van dam did not know exactly what he intended doing but some reckless impulse moved him to action he was invaded by a sudden desire to lay hands upon this spider-person who went about terrorizing pretty girls having been reared to a habit of doing exactly as impulse dictated he felt no hesitation now away back in his mind however something told him calmly that he had gone quite mad that the magic of adventure had sent his wits a-flying and had played havoc with his common sense and a change really had come over him with the very beginning of this enterprise although he had not stopped to notice it the flaring rage that had answered to the wolf's assault upon the girl the joyful sensation of setting his fist into the fellow's face the excitement of the flight and the pursuit had all combined to upset his equilibrium then too the presence of this bewitching creature close beside him in the darkness the pressure of her body in his arms the scent of her warm breath all this helped to completely electrify him he felt the dawning of new and utterly absurd desires away with discretion to the winds with prudence this maiden's cause was his here was the one glad moment of his life francois he called in a low voice he slipped the girl's hand from his arm thrust her back into the shadow and stepped out upon the landing We oui, in a moment the spider came stumbling toward him she is not here Dam saw a tall man in a domino like his own sacre she has disappeared and that devil's spawn is with her you found no trace in the yard below Shh, listen uh, breathed Raleigh he sank his fingers into his palms and measured the distance carefully then as francois turned his head attentively raleigh braced himself and swung it may have been due to the uncertain light or to the narrow eyelid holes through which he peered at any rate van damme's blow went short the spider uttered a cry of fury and surprise raleigh felt himself hugged by a pair of thin iron-muscled arms then his hands felt in beneath the man's disguise and the cry changed to a gurgle they strained and rocked against each other briefly the floor sagged and creaked the door behind them flew open francois was groping with one free hand at his waist but his domino was like a shirt and he could not find that for which his hungry fingers searched as for van damme a delicious ferocity was flaming through his veins here was an enemy bent upon his quick destruction no game he had ever played was half so exhilarating as this he could feel the fellow writhe and the breath bursting through beneath his fingers he could feel the man's cords harden until they were like wire strange to say with every wrench and every surge his own abysmal fury increased but the spider was no weakling he fought desperately until in a burst of blind anger that was like some diabolic glee van dam lifted him bodily and hurled him at the opening in the floor the fellow missed his footing clawed wildly then fell backward headlong into the light below the next instant Van Dam too, had lost his balance, and followed, bumping from step to step, until he fetched up at the foot with a jar that drove the breath out of him. He sat up in a moment, still dazed, then he heard a rustle, and beheld above him a pair of frightened, dark eyes gazing into his. Although he could see nothing of the girl's face, she had replaced her mask, he knew that she was racked with anxiety. "'Are you killed?' she queried no just abominably twisted he said then with a wry face ouch that was an awful bump as he felt himself over gingerly he stopped short at the sight of his mask lying crumpled beside him he realized that the jig was up and began to formulate an explanation of his deception only to hear her exclaim tremulously god be praised you are unhurt he sat still staring at her amazed that no outburst followed her glimpse of his face how did you dare she turned to the figure of François, which roly discovered motionless and arm's length away the spider was sprawled loosely in the litter his head was twisted upon his shoulders in a peculiar way and his mask having slipped to the back stared upward with a placid wax-like smile that was horrible under the circumstances still lost in wonderment van dam arose dusted off his clothing and picked up his own disguise was it possible that she did not know the person she had gone to meet it seemed so indeed for she was hanging upon him anxiously as if still doubting his safety while she half sobbed her admiration of his bravery and her gratitude at his escape raleigh began to fear he had been imposed upon after all else how could she fail to realize that he was an utter stranger but the girl's honesty was compelling he found that he could not doubt the sincerity of her gaze he felt an unaccountable lack of compunction regarding the spider in fact he experienced a sense of satisfaction at the completeness of his victory over the ruffian and she seemed to share the feeling He heard her urging him to make haste, and before he had fully regained his wits, he found himself following her out into the sunlight. Underneath the wagon-shed she guided him, around behind it, and into a narrow three-foot space, the left side of which was bounded by a board fence, about head high. "'Quick!' she cried eagerly. "'Once we are on the other side, we may escape. The others are somewhere close by.' End of Story 1, Part 1